0: 2007 i was a monk for seven days in 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 thailand we lived in the temple and then every morning we would walk a block with a bowl and a lid and then uh, people would be on the side of the road with giving offerings and if we didn't get any offerings we didn't eat that day
2: g'day
1: ladies and gentlemen welcome to the butterfield effect my name's isaac butterfield and we are back ladies and gentlemen for 2020 the biggest year in podcasting history, I reckon, probably, who knows, I reckon, why not? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the biggest podcast in Australia right now. If you're not a part of it, if you haven't subscribed, wake up to yourself. If you haven't, head over to bloody iTunes and Spotify, go and check it out there, subscribe, like, do whatever you've got to do, give it a rating because we've got a five-star rating because it's the best podcast in Australia. And today is no exception. For our first podcast of the year, ladies and gentlemen, we are chatting to an absolute legend of Australian sport, the Muay Thai God himself forged from the very steel that grows in the ground (laughs) in Thailand. I don't know, but he's an absolute legend. A very, very nice guy. The guy that just defeated Anthony, the man Mundine, in the ring for his final fight. And Now, upon retirement, he has stepped up the game and come to the biggest moment of his life. This podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please make welcome in my best boxing announcer's
0: voice, John Wayne. Ba so I need a visa to get into the States. I booked Joe. Everyone was done. Oh, really? We're going to go January 6th. Uh, January 10th. I've got a new beauty. Oh and then uh, I need a visa to get into America. Mm. And then our first available appointment was until February 6th. Uh. I had to, had to do the odd, ah, I'm so sorry, Joe. Can we please divert? And then, um, then we're going to go to February, and then my boy got a fight in uh, 1FC. Oh, beautiful, so yeah. And now he's fighting on the like 28th of February, so now have got to postpone to March. It's like, ah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> fuck. Hey, and yeah, what's yeah. the process like booking with Joe? Is it is it a, oh, yeah. like a fuck around, or is it because he, he's got them like, yeah, yeah. amazing he's, people he's, on
0: it. Just make sure he give us a heads up first, and so we're going to make sure we don't go. So I'm pretty busy, but um, we'll, we'll put you in.
1: How good's that? Yeah, he's, That's, he's, so good, he's so good. That's so good, man. That's so good.
0: Because I've been um, pestering for a year because yeah. of the 99 wins. Yes. Like, want I get 100, can I come on? He's like, yeah, of course. And then I had one in Budapest and then didn't go my way. I should have won, but didn't go my way. And the next day he's like, so uh, when are we doing the podcast? Uh, unfortunately, I got fucking yeah. rotted. Who cares? Just come anyway. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Like, oh, I want to sort of save it so it's special. And then I had the next one and then fucking got ripped again. He's yeah. like, when, when do I do it? And, like, ah. and then um, after I retired, and then he shared that photo too. Next yeah, day, yeah. The next day he shed the post and then um, I hit him up. Hey, now that I'm done, yeah, you know, come back on and celebrate the career. So fucking earth, yeah, let's do it. So now it's just work out a date, you now So I
1: like, wonder if you could sit down and watch some of the old fights with him. Yeah, you know, he always oh, does like sure. the fight sure. companions and stuff. Like yeah, that, he's like. very
0: funny with the YouTube you now because he doesn't want to get kicked off YouTube. Yeah, either, yeah. So he has to play, play it safe. Yeah. he does a lot of the. You when you watch the video he does a lot of the audio and little clip that yeah. disappears. Uh. Little clip that disappears. Because I, I sometimes when I watch it, I'll be like, I want to fucking see it. Yeah, yeah you yeah. can't. You just That's can't totally show like anything. I didn't know that. You send me copyright laws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if someone puts a complaint in that you've shown their footage, with it, it's just dumb. Man,
1: it happened to me. To That's, me. That's what happened with TikTok. Yeah, yeah. So I made a TikTok video, went up, and then some kid, random kid who I showed on there, claimed it for copyright. Oh, no. Like a 15-year-old kid. He goes, and so the whole video comes down, down for 20 days. Oh. Uh, well, like, why, I. why? It was going well, as well. It was going well? Uh, I had like 400,000 views in a day or two days and I had to, I had to go back in and, and say to YouTube, listen, this is ridiculous. And then because you know, YouTube's a massive company, they've got to go back through everything and say, you know, okay, Isaac's right, let's put it back up. Ah. All of a sudden, that's 20 days. Ah. So that peak period where the video comes out, it's new, everyone wants to watch it, it's gone. Gone. Yeah. So, and the, the problem with that is that was one of my uh, ad videos. So I had an ad at the start and they pay me per 1,000 views. So all of a sudden, that's affecting my bottom line And it's just a fucking, Mm. so it's the same with Joe, you know, he's not getting the views on it because it's getting taken down by fucking idiots. So YouTube really needs to sort that out. And I think it's something they're getting better at, but it's still. Especially TikTok though, because TikTok's based on fucking copying other people's shit
2: anyway.
1: It's the worst. Mm. Well, they're literally using other people's music or copying someone else's voiceover. like. can you hear Zach on the video? Good. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome yeah. to the show. Yeah. Zach's just, Zach's off camera. He's yeah. somewhere over there. Have you got a camera on him? Oh, you got a camera on him. Oh, oh, yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, YouTube. <laughs> beautiful. Well, here we're with John Wayne
0: Barr. Hello, brother. Uh, we're, welcome. Going, we're, is it? we're on. We're on. We're on, brother. Yes. We're back. What's yes. happening? How you Mate. doing? Mate.
1: It's great well, to see you again. It's good seeing you. I haven't, I haven't seen you since I was in your, your beautiful gym. Up there, and what suburb is it? It's uh, uh, Burley Heads. Burley Heads, that's the one. And uh, beautiful beard, burly, uh, burly, burly big head. Should sponsor the show. Uh, <laughs> low, no carbs, keto friendly. Yeah. That's fucking right. All right, that's a free plug. Send me a carton.
2: Yeah.
1: Now, mate, what's happening? How are you going? You've just come off uh, just an on. absolute flogging of Anthony Mundine. How um, exciting! How was that?
0: It was amazing. So it was so cool. Uh, it's so surreal. Even now, a couple of months after the fight, the um, the, a photo will pop up, and I just still to this day, it's like how did that happen it's like because you've I watched the boy for 20 years and not not once in that time that i think i'm gonna fight that guy one day it's never and then um now that it's come and gone and it's like whoa yeah it's so cool it's so cool he, and then uh i was saying to other boys before um he was so nice he was such a gentleman even though all the stuff that you've seen in the last 20 years and you have this personal sort of uh idea of what you're going to deal with and then when you're fighting it's like I said, this He was a gentleman, and yeah. not one bad word was said the whole time. Uh, the only funny thing was uh, we've, we've done the whole press conference, we've done the fight, we've done everything. And then after the fight, I thought, oh, I'm going to shoot sure you my private message just to thank him for the opportunity, mate. Um, I thought we, it was a great fight. I think the crowd got the money's worth. What an experience. I just want to thank you for the opportunity. Um, yeah, brothers for life. When you fight someone, you had a bond forever. And then, um, he came around and he said, Yeah, no, congratulations. Uh, um, I, in fact, I watched the fight for the first time my last, uh, for the first time last night myself. And, tell you what, I still think I won. I think I won. <laughs> I was like, Ah, oh, there he is. Wow. So, yeah, you couldn't fight him on We without some sort of controversy somewhere. So, but, but, besides that, he was, uh, at the end of it, he goes, No, congratulations. You deserve it. Um, uh, it was a great fight. So, yeah. But he was, he was, he was a proper, I think maybe the, the Jeff Horn fight might have humbled him a little bit. Who knows, when you get knocked out in 90 seconds, yeah. it tends to humble you a little bit. Um, but yeah, he was really cool. Uh, and then the fight was great. Uh, he sort of rocked me a little bit round three. Uh, to his credit, he had a massive leaping left hook and a good right uppercut. Um, fast jab. Uh, not a powerful jab, but very fast. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not only to share the ring with him, but to, to get the victory is like, a dream come true,
1: absolutely. And how, how did he rank amongst the other competitors you fought know, against?
0: He's, he, he's like I was saying before, he's got those, those good qualities and those, those the things that he's good at, he's really good at. Yeah, um, and my I, I, I researched him leading up to the fight, and he had one fight a year in the last like three or four years. And then if you take away the horn fight, we only the last 90 seconds, you can't really call so it's really only one fight in the last two years. So I, I knew if like, I got fit um you can do everything you want in the gym but it's hard to maintain fight fitness you know gym fitness but it's hard to have fight fitness, unless you're fighting regularly and then i just come off that fight in japan only three months prior so i knew that i was good to go and uh, i knew I, I applied pressure eventually I, i'd wear him down and um uh, uh and, and that's how the fight prevailed there's uh, so he had a uh he's shown a little bit round three when he, when he hurt me a little bit but the rest of the time i, I just pressured him against the ropes where he just sort of um sit down and just yeah just just wait to sort of. Get beat up? <laughs> do, you, no, do you think it was your fitness that got got, oh, you, got you over the end? De- definitely, definitely. Because uh, you train non-stop. Yeah, I always.
1: Uh, every time I, I go anywhere near the Gold Coast, I see you running. It doesn't matter how close we are to Burley, you're running somewhere, shirt off, I've ripping.
0: Got a great story. What do you got? So, um, so after the fight, I had to announce my retirement. Um, I need a hip replacement. I've been really struggling with my um, my hip. Uh, uh so I, I went and seen my surgeon. I've got an updated MRI uh, seven weeks out from the fight. And then uh, they, they do the report and they do everything. And then they, uh, they have a meeting and he calls me in. and He said, oh, look, we've got the report and uh, you have what's known as bone edema. The, your femur head and your femur neck is, uh, the bone marrow is swelling. So it's pushing from the inside out against the bone. So we suggest that you, you, no more running between now and the fight. It's like, ah, uh, I'm fighting 10 rounds and I'm fighting Anthony Mundine and I really need to run, mm. so every yeah, right." And he goes, no, 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 you don't understand. There's life after fighting. I'm thinking, what? <laughs> no, not really, there's only fighting. The only thing in life that matters is fighting. So, and I, and I didn't want to experiment with swimming or I didn't want to uh, bike ride, just in case, what happens if I get to round six and I'm super tired and didn't work? Now's not a good time to be experimenting when you're fighting Anthony Mundine.
1: Absolutely, Expe- experimenting <laughs> after X <laughs> amount of yeah, fights, hundreds yeah, for of fights.
0: Sure. So I know what I have to do to get into peak physical condition. So uh, I, I went to Dr. Google. I've got this bone marrow edema, edema my bone marrow swelling. Um, surely it can't be that bad. Plug in the symptoms. And then uh, Dr. Google comes back with seven times um, with the bone on bone action, the, mute, the uh, bone marrow can mutate into leukemia. Oh, what? Yeah. So for seven weeks, every single day, I'm thinking, I hope I don't get leukemia today. Oh, wow. That's going to really, the win will be amazing the leukemia sounds ter- terrible. <laughs> and then um, the, the surgeon's saying also that uh, the bone is quite brittle. So there's a chance your femur head or your neck might either splinter or snap at the head while you're doing your morning run. So I'm thinking, do I take a f- mobile phone with me in case I'm <laughs> around the, headla- <laughs> yeah, the head yes. lane and my femur snaps and I'm crawling along the path, trying to get back to the gym. Um, so oh, between the, the femur head snapping and the leukemia, I'm thinking, if I win this fight, what a story. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so cool to say, I, I hope I don't have leukemia, but besides that, it didn't break, it didn't snap, and uh, I won. So, it's cool. Did you talk about that after the fight with many people in the nah, media? No, nah, not th- many th- people th- know What a all. scoop. <laughs> um,
1: but honestly, that's incredible <laughs> to receive so that news, yet still go through yeah. and continue with your road
0: so runs. So, what happens, while I was running and training, um, it, it, it was it, 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 painful, but at the same sure. time, you, you, you get through it. And then um, about 10 minutes after I cool down, uh, I'd be sitting at dinner or just uh, on uh, wherever, and then um, you just get these waves of pain, waves of pain, and then, like nerve pain, Uh bone pain, really? bone pain and joint pain. Yeah, it's quite, it's it's very, uh, and then it affects your sleeping. You sometimes you wake up and then uh, you can't get back to sleep because the pain's just so bad. Um, and then the, they got to the stage where the pain was taking away my enjoyment of training, like my life revolves about, and I, I love training, I love fighting, but when this is um, overriding it, where it's just like. Because I uh, I train I cool down I get four or five hours of just craziness and just as the pain starts subsiding it's time to train again mm. so it's just this constant this circle of just agony uh, but at the same time it's like ah oh, I don't want to stop because once I stop I'm done. Um, what causes it? Is it is it is it road runs? Is it a combination uh, it wear combination and tear? Is it the, is it constantly kick, moving? Uh, degenerative over a 30 year uh, career of um, kicking. Uh, I don't think the hip's supposed to do the, the mm. roundhouse motion. Uh, and the way that I throw my knees, I throw my knees in a circular motion as well. So um, there is quite a lot of trauma that's going on there per, per session times 30 years.
1: Um, and I, I know you've seen me throw kicks and they're pretty deadly. But yeah. the, 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 when you do throw a kick, it is it, sometimes if you haven't warmed up, it's quite painful. Or at the very least in the hip, at the very least if you haven't warmed up, you can't kick as high or with as much power. So yeah. you would think that it does cause a lot of
0: issues in that hip region and plus the the jarring i'm, I'm guessing as well because we've got that circle motion so it's got that constant turning 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 and then with the jar as well of making contact and then i too much i without blah i kick rather hard too <laughs> yeah. so and um a lot of people don't know how to block off their left leg so everyone attacks the legs so their lead legs nice and light but not many people know how to block off the left so being um from the Thai style uh i really worked on my left more than my right because i wanted to have that advantage and then once my left got stronger than my right and then I, it was a 90 but 90 to 10. i'd throw that more than the, the other one so so it won me in my fights but yeah now it's got the stage where it just is so painful and then i think it's probably hereditary too because my mum my uncle my auntie they've all had hip operations and replacements so i think i just sped up the process being as active as i was the last Last 30 years, so. Sure.
1: And you're still a young bloke. You still need to get plenty of time out of those hips. Yeah. Is that, is that from, from the doctor's point of view, is that something you can recover from after the operation?
0: Uh, depending on how how severe it is. Um, so Mundine had the same operation. I, I read right. about him about maybe five or six years ago that he had a, It's not a re- replacement so much. It's more, it's called a resurface, where they cap the, the top of the, the femur head. And um, it's, a, it's a lot bigger joint than the normal femur, uh, the normal replacement. And then you, while you're still young and active, um, you can still run, still do sports, still do everything. And then down the road when it's time, um, they just cut it off at the neck and then they, they put the new stem in. Mm. But but for now, um, hopefully, if um, I can get there long, because my life revolves around training and teaching. And if I can't teach, I'm sort of screwed. Yes.
1: <laughs> How do you feel now that you're retired?
0: Uh, bored. Yeah?
2: Yeah.
1: What is that like after uh, going, particularly with yourself, you go camp to camp to camp. Yeah. And now it's sort of, you know, yeah, there's
0: yeah, this question. Yeah. I, I was saying to someone the other day, um, because I'm, I'm so used to fighting like legitimate killers. So l- let's say, let's say I'm fighting a, a yod Singler or a, a Boar Cow or a Zambides. So for for ten weeks, every night you lay in bed before sleep and you think, all right. So my game plan is going to be this. I'm going to work on that. He's really good at that. And you've got this constant battle of hey, you're going to approach every single fight. And then, like you were saying, that fight finishes, and then you have a week off, and the next one. So you got that constant um, anxiety and apprehension, and um, yeah, it's just it's just fun to have. You're on a wall. Yeah, yeah. It's just, and and it's good to have that uh, little bit of nerves or everything yeah, else. Yeah. Like, and then uh, all of a sudden, when it's like null and void, there's just nothing there. So <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. weird. Well, even even
1: with stand up, you, you have a big big rush. You get yeah. off the stage. Yeah. You, you meet everyone, and then you're back at the hotel. And I usually stay with Zach, and we're just like, yeah. What do we do now? <laughs> A yeah, smash yeah. some Macca's and yeah. go back.
2: <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah
1: it must be it must be a very different different like sort of situation for yourself now. Mm. Walking into this like the rest of your life, the life yeah. after
0: fighting that you spoke about. In, um, the the daunting part is uh, like uh, my last working job was 1995. I was working as a bartender, um, and then I haven't worked since for 25 years, I guess. Yeah, holy shit.
1: And I mean, obviously you got so
0: a lot on. That's a long bloody time. Yeah. <laughs> you've got your fighters, your daughter Jazzy's still killing yeah, it. How's yeah. she going? Uh, uh, super cool, she's doing really well. And then my my little guy, um, or well, Jazzy's boyfriend, he's uh, he got his first contract, with, uh, one championship. Wow. So he fights in Singapore on the 28th of February for the the one championship um, world title. What's his name? Uh, he's fighting, he's, his name's Rocky Ogden, but he's gonna fight a gentleman called Sam A, who's had uh, 400 plus fights and Lockheed's had like 35. So exactly the same as me. Um, when I was his age, um, I was doing the same thing. I was fighting the ties, 20 fights, fighting ties with 300 fights. Um, it's very daunting, but if, if Rocky can overcome such a massive challenge, even if, even if he doesn't win, Lockheed's gonna fight hard yeah. and, and leave, uh, an, an impression on people's eyes that, okay, this kid, he's only 20 years old. He's got his whole life career. In, he's got his whole career. Um, but if he lands that one big one, because they're fighting in the cage with MMA gloves and similar to my CMT, t- CMT style. So, um, and Rocky punches hard too. So with those little gloves, if yeah. he can land, you know, he can shock the world. Yeah, you? well,
1: that's the thing about it's it's any sport with, especially what, six ounce gloves, four um, ounce yeah, gloves, points. you know, you can hit anyone and it can change the course of your career. Yes. And I mean, what's it like, what's it like walking into, uh, a cage a ring with someone who is a warrior who's fought 300 fights yeah. and they are at the same age level as you and you look at them and you go this guy is a, yeah. a legit killer he's a professional what does that do to your confidence moving into that
0: yeah it's quite it's quite daunting um uh, back when I was fighting those those the, my first like a class and staying around there uh I get di- like, like m M&M. and I get the diarrhoea and I get the mum's spaghetti. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, you know, like in that bed when you're laying there going, if I do this, he'll do that. And if I do this, he kicks so hard. And just having that. that, And then usually the, the fight starts. And then majority of the time, um, it's not anything that like you are had in your head. And, and then they feel pain and they get tired. And um, you can feel that was a fight going on. But sometimes you do meet that guy, well, I fought a guy whose name was Uh Goy and he's currently like one of the pound for pound guys ever. Uh, we ended up fighting three times and the first time I was overconfident. He was only 19, it was his first fight overseas. Um, and then usually I'm quite, uh, my hands are my advantage. So I thought I'd just give him the old one twos. So it was the first time I, I'd throw, throw four punches and he'd go slip, slip, under, and he'd come back and hit me in an elbow. Was like, that, was, that was surely a fluke. So I'm standing there going, That sucks. Um, I try again, and then miss, 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 boom again. And then um, the first time we fought, he he faked the front kick, so I went to push it out of the way, and he came over the top and hit me in the head um, with a perfect neck kick, and then uh, dropped me for an eight count. And the sensation was like six blokes had picked him up both sides, just slam into the canvas. And um, as I'm laying there watching the lights, this it's like, what the hell was that? And then um, ended up finishing the fight, went the full five rounds, but uh, it wasn't until I watched the replay that uh, i noticed how I fought in my after fight speech. I didn't remember spam my after fight speech. I was like, hearing words for the first time going, why would I say that? For? <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, I fought him, I got I fought him again in Singapore and he, and he beat me again, locked me down round one, knocked me round two, uh, went the distance again. And then uh, about a year or so later, I got the opportunity to rematch him for the third time. And I remember walking to the ring just thinking, I'm going to hospital. There's no way I'm not go- I'm getting paid a lot of money, so that compensates me going to hospital. But I'm still going to hospital. <laughs> and I won. So I mean, I'd rather I won. So it was a tough fight. I got cut another two more cuts, and another one through my eyebrow, another one through my cheek. But um, from the, the smallest of margins, I, I, I faced my adversity and then got the win. So it made it a little more better just knowing that not only did I win, but I, I faced my fears and even as much as i didn't want to do it i forced myself to do it and then to to come out on top it was like you can you can achieve what you set your mind to sometimes.
1: It must be a crazy experience like walking into a fight knowing that you're going to end up in hospital. Yeah. like When I was playing footy, it was like, oh geez, I hope I don't get hurt. I hope I don't get in a fight. I hope I don't mm. break something or get cut or whatever. Yep. Going into a fight, you know that's going to happen. I know. Bro. Without a doubt.
0: Without a doubt. How do you
1: mentally even prepare? When you,
0: even when you win. Even when you win, yeah. yeah. You're you win. still
1: bad at bruise. You can't see the next day. Yeah. Like, what, what, how do you prepare yourself for that? Is it just time doing it over and over again?
0: Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely experience. Um, um, and money, if it's good money, it's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm willing to go to hospital or get stitched up or, or whatever I have to do to know that my family is going to be, we've got enough money for rent for the next couple of months or we've got food on the table or we can live comfortably for the next few months. Um, I'm willing to put myself through whatever just mm. so we can live nice. What, what made you do it in
1: the start? You're, thir- you're 13 fights in and you go over to Thailand. Yeah. And there's no money. No money. But did you see that as an opportunity for yourself to go, okay, this is how I create this future house for my future family, the ones I don't even know yet. You know, this is the way I have a job.
0: Yes. Um, at 19, the opportunity arose. And I never went in there with the expectations of being rich, but I just wanted to have the opportunity to, to be somebody um i wanted to be famous i wanted to i wanted people to look at me going he's a good fighter um and and i've said this multiple times and people are probably hearing me saying but uh to we only have that this time frame to be on this planet so if i can leave a little bit of a footprint and when i pass and have have my kids tell their kids your grandpa was a good a multiple world champion and just to have that little bit of a legacy so um even young kids when they're thinking about going on the sport and if they go into YouTube and they, and I can be that kid that, I can be that one that inspires that kid to follow their dream. Mm. Like he fought the ties, he beat the ties. Well, if he can do it, I can do it. A lot of so, people,
1: when you talk about okay, I want to be famous or I want to have a legacy, the people, a lot of people in the in the public spotlight go, they never they never touch on that. They never go, oh yeah, that's what I want to do. But you know, that's that's a lot of the drive for a lot of people. They want to be remembered. Yeah, for and sure. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I yeah, think that's sure. a that's a real motivating factor for a lot of people who are successful. Yeah. What do you think about the rise of combat sports? Because over the last, you know, let's say twenty years, it has just gone from strength to strength. Yes. I mean, obviously, with the UFC, ONE FC. Uh, Bellator, you know, the big names and still boxing with Tyson Fury, these type of guys. It just seems to be taking over. Maybe it's just because of, that's what I watch. I'm yeah, not too yeah. sure if that's what is actually happening in the world. But that, from my point of view, it seems like combat sports is everything at the moment.
0: Oh, yeah. With the, the, the UFC, the UFC has definitely helped um, promote martial arts in general, um, not just MMA, but it's also getting people through the door for the, the jiu-jitsu classes, the Muay Thai classes. As uh, uh, People are specialising in different things. Um, and it's just putting it into lounge rooms where a majority of people wouldn't have seen it before. Um, and I really like what UFC is doing to promote the fighter as well. So you get to know what kind of car they drive, how many pets they have. Absolutely. Uh, who they're going out with, their, their persona outside of the ring. Because when you see them fight, they, they might be fantastic. But then you see their personal life. This bloke's a fuck with. Yeah, he's a bit of a dick. Man, yeah. I,
1: I've said this for years about the, the NRL in Australia, the rugby league. Like They just handle their players terribly. Yeah. They never, even little things on Instagram, right? The, the NRL will post a photo of a player scoring a try and they won't even tag their profile. Oh, geez. Why wouldn't you try and boost your player? Yeah. There's no behind the scenes stuff. That's starting to filter through now because that's what the UFC and they're the they're the they're the best at it. That's what they're doing. Yep. But they just they don't they don't have the same mindset. Yep. But I think with the UFC, like Joe Rogan's podcast has boost not only jiu-jitsu in all over the world. Like more people are going to jiu-jitsu classes because of Joe Rogan's podcast. The UFC's killing it, not just because of Joe Rogan's podcast, but more yeah. people are, are going in there. That's that's played a massive role in my life, particularly. Listen to his podcast, got me into stand-up, which got me into YouTube, which got me right here right now. Like it's it's playing a massive role. And even with Joe at the moment, there's this thing going on about Bernie Sanders spoke about, um, came out and said that, you know, Joe Rogan's um, said on his podcast, you know, he'd vote for Bernie and people are like Joe is literally a better person to have on your side than the New York Times. Like, isn't that incredible it's it's crazy? This digital age, like someone who's just episode one was him with Brian Redband in Joe's house. Yeah, yeah. And now he's having hundreds of millions of people listen every single year. It's just it's it's a beautiful time for combat sports and for comedy and for YouTube and all that type of stuff. Oh, for sure. But like, it's it's a great it's a great thing. And I just think that like with the UFC in general, I, I love what they do. I love the way that they, as you said, bring the fighters on and they show like embedded, all that type yeah. of stuff behind the scenes. And it gives you a reason to, to like someone. Like with Conor McGregor beating Cowboy last week in something like, what was it, 40 seconds, something like that, catching him pretty early with, with a head kick and the shoulders and yeah, breaking his nose within three strikes and all that type of stuff. Did, were you watching the fight? Oh, mate.
2: Have I mean, you not?
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, I sat there for five no. hours. <laughs> I sat there with my old man. Watch—he was—he's not a UFC. You know, he doesn't follow the sport or anything like that. And he's—who's like, all these other people? I'm here to see McGregor and this cowboy yeah. fella, and it's over in forty seconds. He loved it, but he couldn't believe that it was all over in forty seconds. But that's the sport. Yeah, you true. never know what's going to happen.
0: And then um, to cowboy to come into the to the fight with so many records. And then for Conor to be the one that he kicked him. Yeah. It? Whoa! I did not see that coming. And that's what he wanted. He was thinking about that the whole time. You know, yeah. I, I
1: caught, I caught Cowboy at his own game because exactly. that's what I was terrified of. I, I, was, I was before the fight. I'm a massive Conor McGregor fan. I got all these bloody memorabilia and T-shirts and shit and all i was terrified about was that head kick coming from cowboy and i was just like i can just see mcgregor laying on yeah. the canvas i was like i can't deal with yeah. that I, I mean i didn't even go to the pub to watch it, yeah. I, had to watch it. I bought it at home I, I didn't even i didn't even legally stream it yeah. i bought the fucking pay-per-view because i knew he was getting a cut and i watched it freaking out just like oh fuck, i can't i can't see it but
0: madness it was awesome it was so cool and then um the rest of the day i was i was with my wife and then um even I was looking at her, going, "I think we witnessed something very special today," because that that was crazy. That was I was buzzing all day, um, and I, I like Cowboy too. And just to see him go down, it's like sucks for Cowboy, but that was special. It was the resurgence of McGregor. He had to win. Yeah. And if he loses that, what does he do? He can't call someone out. And then we we're talking about Tony Robinson, Tony Robs Robinson, the, the entrepreneur gentleman in yeah, the cage yeah. with him as well. And then uh, Angie's going, "Who contacted who? I wonder. Do you reckon Tony reached out and asked him to?" Uh, to give him a little bit of motivational stuff, or do you think of reached out to him? To, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder. I reckon Tony would have reached out because he would have known that. The, the, just the, mate, what are you doing? You're mm. throwing everything away. You're the other man. If you just focus on what you're doing, you can be. Or, um, you can be anything you want to be. But what you're doing now, yeah, come on. Slap yourself out of it. Yeah. Punch, and, punching our men in the pub is definitely a no-no. <laughs> but you're in, he's in a
1: bad mindset. He's got that mindset of like he's not in a camp at the moment, so world. he's off at the pub doing whatever, you know, yeah, fucking yeah. around. He was saying after the fight that, you know, instead of turning up for practice at 3 o'clock, he was going, hey, everyone get to the gym in 30 minutes. I want everyone there. We're yep. going to train. Yep. And that's you take away that uh, that control over your life. I think for a lot of people that's necessary to have yep. that rhythm, you know. And I think probably for McGregor it is as well. And he, he was talking about just as you were before about the the match fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, he was having what three fights in three years. You yeah, know, yeah. for someone like him who's come from like cage warriors to to the UFC, you know, he's fighting every two three months. Yep. You know, maybe 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 every six months, whatever. But he's he's in there. You know, he's in the moment. He's camp to camp. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it, it. I mean, he only, he only lost two fights. Yeah. One was a boxing fight against the arguably best boxer i have ever seen in
0: the last 50 years. but and Khabib's not bad either. Khabib's not bad either. <laughs> Undefeated, what, 27 wins? Jesus uh, Christ. I think he's like 35 wins or something. Really? Yeah, it's great. He's, he's, but uh, that hunger that he had oh. all the way out through the Cage Warriors, all the way through those first half a dozen UFC fights and then just uh, I suppose having that money and um, what's it saying about uh, waking up in silk sheets? Yeah. Yeah, you, when, yeah, when you got the, ah, what's for breakfast and when life's so easy yeah. well, it's pretty hard to get up in the morning and, Forge yourself to go out for a run when it's like, ah, meh,
1: yeah, he's then, got uh, Bentley's, but, but, but
0: now he's back, he's back, he's I know, back.
1: I, I'm pumped by that to see that. And I think, I think Dana White might have had a stiffy for about oh, four days after that. He was just oh. like, I can't believe it, I'm absolutely pumped. And I am too, I, I'm just pumped for the sport. I and think it's good it's great. too because
0: he wants a quick turnaround too, he wants to get back there as soon as he can as well, get back in the cage and keep dominating. So it'd be interesting to see who's next because there's a lot of guys in that weight division that are all putting their hand up. and it's such a smorgasbord of amazing fights in the future it's going to be who do you it, think
1: who do you think will fight next is it Masvidal? I don't
0: know. Um then the, the Astrid uh, trilogy would be amazing. Um that would blow figures at the war. the, the Masdevil fight is another one where it's like holy shit. Two people who can talk. And shit. then um and Masdevil is big. Yeah. And he can back it up and he's angry and he's in he's, he's a scary guy and that'd be a great fight. Uh and then of course you got the Usman fight as well for the mm. belt. So yeah, so many variables. It's um, it's a really exciting time to be a, a fight fan.
1: Absolutely, it so,
0: is. So no, it's, it's it's very cool.
1: No, I'm pumped for
0: it. Do you do wish that Muay Thai had the the
1: time in the spotlight that the U mm-hmm. that the MMA in general I get asked has?
0: This a lot. I get asked this. Wouldn't you? Uh, did you ever ever feel that you had to go to MMA? Um, but as 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 much as I'm a fan, as much as I, I buy all the pay per views and everything else, um, I have so much history in what I've done in Thailand being the first Aussie to, to make a footprint fighting in the big stadiums, being the first Aussie to fight in the stadiums on the King's Birthdays, um, being the first Westerner to do, do a lot of things also. Um, uh, and I was like the first Westerner to stay in Thailand full time. So usually people go for a month, have a training camp, come home and have a fight or, or vice versa. But to stay there like four years full time, um, even my trainers are saying, you're the first, you're you've raised the bar. So um, we dare say it won't be long before people are following in your footsteps. and now. People are going to Thailand two, three, four years at a time as well. So uh, I can't help but feel um, proud. Yeah. Proud uh, to show that we can do it. Uh, there's ties just scary as shit. But if you're willing to sacrifice and and become one of them, you too can be awesome. And um, you might not get rich, but you'll have uh, priceless memories.
1: Yeah. And what was what was Thailand like when you went over there oh, at 19?
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Um, so say say are uh, there's a language barrier because i was in bangkok and not many people could speak english and then anytime i needed something like they pretty much grab you by the hand take you to wherever you had to go or if you needed something they'd jump on the back of my bike they'd take you there it's, if you needed a shirt you take my shirt it's like really? holy shit. um and then once i started fighting on tv uh i'd be running down the road by myself and people would flash their lights and beep their horns um so after four years being you imagine you're going to a supermarket and you're the only white guy in the whole supermarket you sort of get used to being that guy yeah and then when you come back to Australia and then everyone looks the same it's like ah I, I, I like being I like all the eyes looking at me and I like the kids tugging their shirt pointing at me because they've, <laughs> they've never seen a Westerner before yeah. and then um, when you get back home and you're just blending with everyone else it's like hmm something's missing yeah uh, I, I miss and then um, because I can speak Thai too um, when I speak to people you just watch their reaction and when you speak English to another Aussie they're like yeah yeah. When, but when you're making a, 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 when you're trying to do your best to be one of them, it's um, just a different, different buzz. So oh, and then um uh, so I, I was tell the boys as well, when I was younger, the the most popular music CD at the time. So i said, buy the CD, I put it in my CD player, and then I get a notepad and pen, and I press play, then pause, and then I write everything in English, and then I create my own karaoke's out of the thing. So then I'd memorize the whole CDs. And then we go to karaoke bars, but I'd be the only Westerner in the club again. And I put my request in, and then like what? And then uh, no one be on the dance floor. And then I start the song, sing okay, Rotten," and then all of a sudden one person would come out, two people. And next minute the dance floor is full, and everyone's dancing away, and I'm singing Thai, and it's like this is fucking crazy. <laughs> and then the song would finish, and the and the and the guy on the on the, you know any need my songs, I like, mate? I know the whole album. <laughs> he's going can you do any more Fuck again <laughs> and then um yeah i do like four or five songs in a row and everyone's like having party and yahooing, and i'm singing some language and i have no idea what i'm oh, now i know what i'm saying but back then i was pretty much guessing but it was just so cool to to be um accepted um you try and you try and and then and they thank you for you might I might not have said everything perfect but um because i was having a crack yeah. everyone's like
1: Uh, yeah they give you respect for at least trying having a go yeah and i I guess respect in thailand is the the, one of the biggest things yeah so i
0: I learned very fast that they're the nicest craziest best people until you make them mad (laughs) do not make them mad because uh so when it comes the angry Thais, they don't do this they 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 pick up they pick up Mm. they 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 get rather stabby <laughs> <laughs> um because they're only little too so why are they going to fight someone your size for when they can just iron buyer hmm. yeah and then they, they fight in packs too so there's nothing as long as they win yeah yeah there's no rules win at all costs yeah on the on, the, on my time and everything else on there's, ro- there's 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 rules and they're very but um when it comes to uh, fisticuffs on the street wow and so yeah, you I've even seen girls one girl got into a fight and then she had a girl she took her down, sat on her back, and then she was banging her head on, onto the gutter. Fuck. I like, whoa, that's pretty heavy. Um, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't be laying there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that happens in Western Sydney quite a bit. I think yeah, it's uh, I it's not just in Thailand. So when you went over there, you were sleeping on the floor, you were training every day. Were you working as well, or was it just no, just? just no, I live
0: off my prize money. Right. So um, uh, the camp that I was accepted, accepted to in Thailand was, uh, the 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 superstar of the camp. He picked me up from my old camp, took me to the new camp, and he, and he showed me around the camp. And said, "This is where you'll be sleeping." And it, w- it was a wooden floor, and I, I was side by side next to ten other boxes. And so I thought, oh, "I'll go near the wall, so that way I've only got one person to about instead of having two people either side of me." So then you only get the one arm or the one leg. I like, "Ah, get off!" <laughs> and then um, so we'd we sleep on the floor, and then we wake up about five oh, thirty. Um, we'd brush our teeth. We'd we'd run we train for three hours uh we come back we'd have breakfast shower uh, shower, breakfast Uh, you're usually ordered to have a little bit of a kip um, in the afternoon because you have put in such a big effort in the morning Um, refresh get recharged for the afternoon session then afternoons was about another uh, three and a half four hours again Um, and that was sometimes it was six days a week sometimes the trainer would go through these phases where it's like seven days and that was terrible Mm. because there's no chance for your body to recover um, and you just you, you train Sunday, and then when Monday hits, you're just devastated because you know how sore your body is, and there's no time to recover again. Um, but it was uh, oh so so where I lived, uh, instead of having a normal toilet, we had a, a porcelain little hole where it had little foot pegs. So and then I don't know if the TV. So so you got to squat over this hole, and then um there's no toilet paper so we had this big basin with a, a plastic scoop in there so you have to pour water into your hand to wipe your bum yep and then you stand inside the basin and you use the the container to, to lather up and then you rinse up and then you wash off and all the water runs out the hole and then um for when you brush your teeth you get the same and you pour the the, the water into your hand nice. and then um so you and then you're sharing that same plastic container with 10 other people that are all sharing, pooping, brushing their teeth, <laughs> pooping, brushing, sharing, br- It's just like... How and how I didn't get sick at the time. That's, inc- that's incredible. It was, it, but that's, that's at the first it's like oh my god how are we gonna. Do? But then after a couple of weeks it's just life. It's we just do, yeah. It's what it's just it's just normal.
1: Well, the Romans were doing the similar thing. They would have the, uh, the they would have a seat and there would be like you know fifteen people in all the seats all having a shit and you'd be scooping down in the same water you're shitting in dodging the other shit oh. to like. That is
0: dangerous. And then, <laughs> and then uh, when it was time to eat, we'd have uh, maybe four or five different dishes in the centre. And then you sit on the wooden floor, cross-legged, and then you have your plate on the floor. So you, you lean over your legs. And then um, you, instead of me going, bah, 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 I go, one one teaspoon at a time. And every, everyone gets a plate of rice, and everyone say, so one teaspoon, one teaspoon. And then it's a community. Yeah, you, instead, you can't be a pig. You've got to share e- evenly. Um, so, yeah, you... you you, you're living with these guys, you're eating, you're showering, you're training, you, and then they become your brothers. So what happens? So um, let's say if you've got a family of four or five kids and you've got no money and, you, and you, you're just surviving, um, they'll, they'll, they'll bring one of the little kids to the camp, they'll knock on the gate, and then we'll answer. The, the, the owner of the camp will open up and then the, the parents will say, oh, look, we've got little Johnny here. Um, will you accept him into the camp? and then the, the trainer will look him up and down and feel his little arms and look, all right. So the, the little kid will, the parents will pass him his bag and then the parents, they have a little, see you later. And he might not see his parents for the next 10 years. And he'd be, he, from that moment forward, he becomes property of the camp. Um, and then every time he fights, he might make 20 bucks. And then he might have to fight three or four times a week until he gets into his later teens where he starts punching with enough power that he's doing damage, but while he's younger, um, you can get away with fighting three or four times, and then uh if it's a good camp, they'll save the money, and then the kid will buy his own um um school clothes and books and everything. so he'll give him he'll pay for his own education uh it's it's crazy it's so crazy and you see these little kids just go from kids to men because they've got no parents all of a sudden they're pretty much turned to orphans, and the gym becomes their new family um so the first couple of nights, the kid will just cry and bawl his eyes out because where's my parents? And all of a sudden it's like mate we're your family now and then um yeah, oh, yeah. I, I see i've seen it a few times where the kids just rock up and then all of a sudden they're just part of the part of the crew and then uh is there many
1: people you've, you've caught up with going back to thailand that you knew when they were young kids coming up
0: oh, yeah my last time I was there was um 2010 so i've been back for 10 years but um I, yeah I, I so many so many of the kids um Fighting is more than just fighting, is because we do it for fun, and mm. um, they do it to survive. They do it to make money. They they do it so their parents have a little bit of money in the bank, and um, and, and some of them hate it. They, they just despise it, but only do it because it's a it's a form of income. So it's a it's a very tough gig. But um, as I, I was saying, the on the negative side, if you're a girl, so if you're a boy, nine times out of ten you'll be a boxer. For a girl, unfortunately, they have to do the other thing where they have to sell their body to try and, same deal. Uh, they'll probably keep half, give half to their parents. Um, so it's, it's much better to be a boy to be a boxer than, than the, the other side. Um, but yeah, definitely you get educated very fast and we've got it pretty good in Australia. Mm. We, we don't, sometimes we don't know how lucky we are that if like life's not going to plan, at least we've got the doll, or at least we've got the pension after we retire, we've got this and that. over there there's no there's no plan b so then you to rely on parents if you've got good parents that will survive and then once the parents get old there's no pension so then the parents usually move in with the kids um and they they survive being family so i think that's what we're lucky in the western culture we don't have that same that same tight knit um where all right you're doing it tough all right good luck Mm. over there we need we need each other otherwise we're all going to perish so in, in that respect, you you, you see the, the how strong the families are compared to
1: how that culture of sharing. Yeah, exactly. I was talking to Kurt Fernley, the uh, Paralympian. Okay, yep. About he crawled the Kokoda Trail a number of years ago, and uh, like I, a massive feat. I, I remember it. I insane, it. Yeah. crazy thing to do. But he said when he was in PNG, he would get, one of the one of the people on his camp gave thongs to some of the the, the tribes people. And they are so into sharing there that instead of just wearing both thongs, one person would be wearing one thong, another yeah. person would be wearing the other thong, and then they swap yeah. the next day. Someone else would have the thongs on. One person would have the hat. The next yeah. guy would have the hat. Yeah. Like these these ideas that something as simple as a pair of thongs is the most exciting thing that these people may have seen in a month. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, I mean, <clears throat> I, I'm guilty of it uh, a, a lot of the time. And I guess most people are having this idea that, you know, Oh, woe is me, or this is tough, or we've got to pay the bill or whatever. Yep. But it's it, it pales in comparison to some of the lives that people are living, whether it's in Papua New Guinea or in Thailand or yeah. in these places that are that are that are in these low areas where, you know, money is scarce, food is scarce, health is scarce, yeah. the future is scarce. Okay. Thankfully for as you said, you know, some of these young guys yep. unfortunately for the young ladies, obviously that's a horrible thing, but fortunately for the young guys, they have fighting to Help them get out of it.
0: Even um, some of the pad holders, uh, they're amazing, never complain, always smiling. And then one day, uh, one of the gentlemen says, "Hey, you want to come over? Want to wanna come over to home to pick something up?" And I went over to his place, and it was literally it was it was a corrugated box. It was like a dog kennel. But not once, not in the whole time that I knew him, not once ever ever said, "Oh, geez, I'm doing it tough." You he he just think he was the happiest guy you've ever met. And then you went to his place, and it was just enough from him to lay down from. So his head and his feet didn't touch the opposite walls. It was just... And then same deal, wooden floor. And you can imagine Thailand corrugated yeah. iron as your walls. Yeah. And it's like... But, yeah. And like I said, not one city... What Oh, sucks. It's like, fuck, you're the happiest bloke I know. And why are you so happy? Because you've got it pretty tough. What is that? Um, why? I, just, I think it, I think it's just... Uh, I don't know. You know what it is? I think the 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 richer people are like in in australia we have it so we're very lucky to be very comfortable um and we we, we complain i mean those people have absolutely nothing but they see the positivity in the little things i've got enough food in my tummy i've got the roof it's the corrugated iron but it's still roof yeah i'm not outside um i'm not getting bitten by dogs because i've got my little shed and it's like fuck that's crazy but um yeah so i uh, uh, so when i was uh, 2007 I-, I was a monk for seven days in in, in thailand uh, my thai sponsor in australia his two sons were going over and then uh, every thai male is a monk once in a lifetime whether it be a week a month two months whatever um so his boys were going over to be monks for seven days and he said he rang gave me a call he said hey my boys are going over to do the um, be monks you get, get ordained um what do you reckon so he said, you've done Thai boxing, you speak Thai, you've lived everything like a Thai. The only thing you haven't done is the monk. What do you reckon? So, said, I'd love to, that'd be amazing, that'd be so cool. So uh, yeah, packed my stuff, went to Thailand, we had the big ordain, got my eyebrows, my head shaved, got me given everything, all my possessions taken away, got given my robe. And then uh, we lived in the temple and then every morning we would walk a block with a bowl and a lid. And then uh, people would be on the side of the road with giving off- offerings. And if we didn't get any offerings, we didn't eat that day. But sure enough, every morning, there'd be like a, at least a dozen people out there and they put their rice and a little bit of meat or whatever else in, the, in our little bowl. And then they kneel down and then and we'd say a chant. And that little chant was hopefully enough to give them good karma for whether it'd be that day or that week or, or whatever they need. And um, the, the crazy part was uh, we had one blind lady that was on this walk every morning. Every morning she was there without fail. And she'd have her her sister um, lead her out to us, and she'd hold her hand, and she'd put the 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 the, the rice into our bowl, and she'd you just you just see how important it was. Just even though it was only a chant and only words, um, for her it was a, hopefully an opportunity for her so that she could hopefully see maybe not this life but the next life. But um, it just makes you uh, appreciate the just the little things we have. So I, I learned that if I had food in my tummy and a roof over my head, all my possessions were taken away, but I was I was warm and I was full, and the little things that were annoying me before or aggravating me before, they they, they were the last of my worries. All of a sudden, it's like they, all that all that inside pressure that I was putting on upon myself. I was like, I'm okay. I'm life's good. Life's good if I'm if are at some too. I'm I'm sweet. So um yeah, it was definitely a. A very educational seven days to uh, appreciate everything. So, what does
1: a day look like as a monk? What do you so?
0: So we wake up in the morning about five. Uh, we walk the we walk our lap. Um, when we get back, uh, we 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 sit with the main monk and uh, we do Buddha studies uh, twice a day. So we do it about nine o'clock and we have something to eat again. We, we're not allowed to eat after twelve. So you probably have a um, feed about um, seven and about eleven. Then after after twelve, you're not allowed to chew until the next sunrise um and then we do buddhist buddha um studies in the morning and buddhist studies in the afternoon and then we do all our regular chants morning and night and then uh then the head monk would just uh we would sit down and, hit, and he'd explain just the little things about um just life in general say um you, you have one you have one mum and dad so you might have a wife but there's no reason why she can't leave you tomorrow where well, your parents you could do the worst of the worst, but you can guarantee well nine times out of ten you can guarantee that your, your mum and dad will always be the ones that come and visit you in jail because they got that unconditional love for their their, their children. Whereas a missus, she'll, she'll love you to where everything's going right, and as soon as something happens, it's like meh, later, and then um and uh and they instead of ten commencements, uh they only have five. So just your basic yeah, don't kill, don't steal, don't do drugs, don't um don't uh cheat on your missus um that's so one other one but uh so uh the thai new year so we're 2020 in thailand they're 2500 and something something so they believe um buddha is 500 years older than jesus right and they still run with the buddha calendar instead of the 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 jesus calendar and then they believe that uh um, um the buddha made up all the like the commandments and the rules and everything else and then and um, when christianity came along with said, we're liking those rules we reckon we can make a couple little tweaks and then uh but, but but since that's going so well we'll just run with that and we'll just do our own little one and we'll call it our version and then um uh yeah so it's just bizarre it's just how you think you know what's going on and all of a sudden you got someone that's saying no no we've been doing this for 500 years longer than you yeah and it's like whoa that's hectic and then Buddha's is a real dude too he's a real guy he's not some mythical guy that um, was born from a virgin he's just uh, he was a rich prince that was lived in a in a kingdom but he never left the palace gates. So his whole life, everyone's like, oh, everyone's good, everyone's healthy, everyone's got money, there's no poverty. And then one day just something happened and he just didn't, he felt like his whole life was a lie. So he got dressed up and and he escaped the the royal palace. And that was the first time that he'd seen famine and and real life. And he was so in shock that his whole life had just been just crazy that he decided to go out into the forest and sit under a tree and um meditate for weeks on end without any food or water and just put himself into a trance and that that's when he came to the realization okay we can do this this and this to make me a better person what's i'm gonna do and um yeah so it, it's so more realistic and so more um common sense than the, the other all the other stuff i guess um it's hard to believe sometimes about the talking snakes in there. <laughs> but when you've got a real dude that has okay you can sort of a little bit understand that a little bit more better than than the mythical sort of what?
2: <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean, I'm not a religious person, but I think often the message that comes from religion is is it helps people live their lives. Oh, for sure. And I guess even with Christianity or Catholicism or whatever you want to run, people didn't have the, well, the police didn't have the ability to control all the people. So why shouldn't I kill someone? Well, God doesn't want you to. Yeah. And he will smite you, you know. And I guess that's a fair way to control the control group. But living as a monk is an incredible tale Do you, i've never heard any of these things about you i think you need a podcast you need to you need to be putting youtube videos out yeah, or, or it, doing something it,
0: it, it was so surreal it was so crazy it, it was so cool it was so um so so i had this thing where i have to go to the toilet a lot in the middle of the night and then the worst part was so where our uh, little sleeping quarters was right across here was the cremation chimney where they put the dead bodies in to burn them up so every time i wanted to go to the Wii, it's like, i don't want to go to a wee i don't no want to way. go to a wee because I don't like seeing ghosts. Uh, uh, (laughs) um, The Thais have this big fascination with um, ghosts and afterlife. And because they believe it so much, I believe that the ghosts have more of a tendency of showing themselves because, hey, I'm here. And then, um, yeah, I've had a few different scenarios where uh, I've seen different things that that weren't probably real. I thought they were real, but then afterwards, um, I seen a gentleman that would come into our, our room I woke up at night and I just happened to open my eyes. Now was this body standing right at our door, and it was that superstar of the camp's brother. And then um, he looked at me, and I looked at him, and then he just turned around and walked down the stairs. And I had the stairs going. The next morning, I seen the superstar uh, sent in and say, "Hey, I, your brother was here last night." No, he's not. He's in Chiang Mai, twelve-hour drive away. It's impossible. And he said, "Watch this. Hey, where were you last night?" I was at home in Chiang Mai. Okay. Well, they're good. And so, man, I. I like I like this chop my hand off. Like, I guarantee you he was there 100 percent And then uh just get the heebie jeebies now and <laughs> that. Holy shit, holy shit. Um and every tie every tie's got a ghost story, the multiple ghost ghost story So uh so um oh so they had this thing called a P um. So my, my first week I was living there, I had this dream, and it was so real, and I woke up, I told the ties oh man, I seen um and then they said, oh, uh, no, 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 sorry. Uh, I had f- funny dream, really real. And then the next night I had another one that was really real. And all of a sudden I get this pressure put on my chest. And then um, it feels like someone's holding you down. And uh, you you feel like you're awake, but you can't, you're not, you're awake, but you're not awake. And you want to try and wake up the person beside you so they can wake you up. And then uh, after about, it feels like forever, eventually the, the pressure comes off and you wake up and say, like, what was that? So the The next morning, I went and told the ties, I had the craziest dream. I was getting um, held to the ground. I said, oh, that's just the PM. That's just the ghost just holding you down in your sleep. Um, So if the ghost doesn't like you, what the ghost does, he sits on your chest, and then if he really doesn't like you, he'll just put his hand over your nose and mouth and suffocate you so you're dying in sleep. Oh, that's not good. (laughs) That's that's a bit rough. (laughs) Because, Zach,
1: Zach, I'll bring you in here. You had a similar thing going on with... uh, what is it called? A sleep, sleep paralysis.
0: paralysis. Right. Yeah. Well, that's not the paralysis. They were made and it's a ghost sitting on your chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Zach, so that- I, I used to have, I don't know, it was in my old, it was like a really old building and that, but I'd always see this guy standing in the middle, middle of the, oh, in the corner. was just like a black figure like it was
1: just outside. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> but like, It'll,
0: I don't know, I felt like I had my eyes open, I'd be looking at it and I could see it and that. But then there'd be other times again, like where it would like be standing at the foot of the bed or jump up on the bed. And, and that. you get the, the pressure? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I, I get hit about man. two or three times a week for four years. Oh. Yeah, right. Yeah, it wasn't like a one-off. Was, I was it, getting... Do you
1: sleep on your back?
0: Uh, I sleep on my back, here. Yeah. yeah,
1: but apparently it's much more common in people who sleep on their back. So, and I had it once, yeah. and then I became a shoulder sleeper since yeah. then.
0: They told me, if you don't want to get done sleeping on your tummy, and it's like, but it's so uncomfortable, and especially on a wooden floor. So <laughs> oh, then, yeah, I didn't yeah. think about <laughs> then, that. Then, then you roll back over, and then it's like, wow. Yeah, I was getting done in the daytime, too, because we we'd train in the morning, have breakfast, have a little sleep in the day, and it's like, bah. And then same again, trying to wake anyone up that can wake me up. And then um, and then it's like, oh, yeah. Day or night, I was getting got all the time. And, and it's
1: a terrifying thing terrifying Every it's time.
0: so friggin' terrifying <laughs> so then uh we, we bought a Thai trainer back to australia in 1996 i bought my trainer and, and um i was gonna have this big fight and then one night he's got his necklace and his border image and he's what are you doing i'm oh, just making sure no ghost ghost we're in australia what are you doing so uh, i've gone back to my room and i've gone back to sleep and uh i was one of those ones where i didn't think i was asleep and then i heard my door open and I thought someone was coming just to uh, see what was going on and i could hear footsteps thinking they were going to get next minute and then um i, I couldn't quite open my eyes but i could hear someone breathing someone actually struggling to hold me down and eventually i just got my open and there's no one there but i could still hear the breathing and then um eventually i felt the the weight come off my and as i got up so yep, yeah, I'm done. So I got my blanket, got my pillow, and then I, I slept on the floor of my trainer's room for uh, I think about two weeks. I was petrified to sleep by myself after that because uh, yeah, it was it was terrifying, especially because I could hear it too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so my ghost stories are yeah, it's, it's one of those ones. I, I'm better now. I'm I'm not saying. No, actually, I mentioned this in Joe Rogan, and then everyone um, I got smashed on the social media. Ah, oh, you believe in ghosts? It's like I do now after being held down saying, so of course I do. But everyone thinks, oh, you're so immature, as if as if ghosts are real. It's like, oh, I'm just telling you what I went through. I'm not making it up. I mean, uh, well, who,
1: who's to say there is, there's no, there's no, it's like with religion, there's no evidence to say it's not real, there's no evidence to say it is real. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's your personal sort of experience. Yeah. I was going to say to you, we do, oh, I, we've done one, Zach and I and Connor, we did a, a ghost hunt and we did it for the podcast and we did like a big shoot. It was like a little mini doco sort of thing. We went and tried to find ghosts at this, um, at this. Uh, it was a museum. And um, we're going on another one in the Gold Coast. Oh, I know yeah. there's a certain uh, Wayne Parr that lives there. Oh, Jesus. Would you like to come along for one uh, of those or is that a bit out of the... Uh,
0: yeah, why not? Yeah, right. Uh, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I've had so many terrifying experiences. What else could go wrong? <laughs> sounds like a great idea. No, no, for sure. That'd be fun. Fucking that'd, nice. that'd, that'd, that'd be cool. All
1: right. Well, what's 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 next for you? You're gonna get your operation uh, done soon, or you?
0: Yeah. Be, at this stage, I still gotta get an updated MRI because I got the last MRI seven weeks before the fight, mm. and then I, I worked out. I ran another probably six hundred kilometers on that hit after the MRI. So, um, and cool. I. I even though I'm not supposed to, I still probably run once or twice a week just because I really like running and I don't want to get fat. And um, But yeah, I run and then, like I was saying, 10 minutes after, I get the waves of pain again. So I shouldn't run, but... Meh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, with off after Singapore, um, he will have his fight. And then uh, Joe Rogan. I've got Joe Rogan, uh, hopefully in March. So Beautiful. Very excited to see Joe again and, and have a chat. And um, Now that I'm retired, it, it'd be cool to see... opportunities present themselves. I think Joe's a man that is very influential with, um, can open up a lot of doors. Yeah. So hopefully when people hear my my man, where I'm retired. Where? <laughs> man, you've got so many cool, stories. You, so should, many you should cool be, stories.
1: you should be making, doing podcasts, releasing videos. I know so many people, when I mention your name, their eyes light up, their ears prick, they go, Right, I want to hear what this podcast is uh, that's, awesome. so, that's so cool. And, and thank you for, for coming on the oh, show. Mate, and it's I'm, great to see you guys, It's a
0: pleasure. I'm, um, yeah, yeah, so, so for people who don't know, uh, I only know this gentleman because of my daughter. She was such a big fan, and she goes, she got to check out Isaac's page. And then um yeah ever since and then went to your show and then yeah we've been buddies ever since so um, i really appreciate not only being here but just being your mate it's, it's yeah. so cool it's so cool it's
1: it's it's fantastic and we've there's i mean we, we do have the footage here there is uh some fight footage Ooh, between the... you and i and uh I, you know i was well, i don't want to say i was taking it easy <laughs> yeah but you're a terrifying <laughs> man to stand across because you were and I'll, I'll get connor to play it now as i'm talking oh, but no. you you slowed it down you put a uh the 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 What's the song, bloody um, hello darkness, my yeah. own, my own friend, which we can't play on YouTube because, as we were saying before, like with like with Joe Rogan, he can't put anything on YouTube without copyright strikes. Yeah. But you were slowing everything down. You were throwing these knees in and just missing. Perfect timing on your part, of course. And I think the only thing you really caught me with was a uh, an up upper. F- backwards up fist what would you call that? Uh, uh, I
0: call that the three stooges punch <laughs>
1: <laughs> caught me on the edge of the lip I walked out with a bleeding lip and I, that was a, that was my experience my last experience at your beautiful gym there and uh, if anyone wants to get in contact with you just, to train yeah, to follow you what's, look down the barrel of that camera right uh, there and let them know John
0: Wayne join John Wayne Instagram Facebook uh, uh, my, I, I, I tend to fill up my social media with either, either jokes or fight content Um, and family, because I I love my family. But um, yeah, just funny stuff. Uh, So uh, my life's too short not to have fun. So if we can have a giggle every day, then you're doing something right. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: that fit the first podcast for the year. Holy dooly, Ruben Wiki, what a show. Yeah. That was fantastic. And ladies and gentlemen, if you did enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe. Check us out on iTunes and Spotify as well. That's where it's at. And uh, we're back next week with another fantastic episode. And we're gonna have we're gonna have John through the we're gonna do a ghost episode. It's Ooh. all gonna happen, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so make sure you stick around for that. I'm in Melbourne for the Comedy Festival coming up in only a, a month and a bit, Zachariah. Holy dooly, Connor. Yeah. is there anything else that I need to do? That's it, man. That's clips. it. La- what? Clips. Clips. The, di- oh, the Butterfield Effect oh, Clips yeah. Channel. Holy dooly, there's a whole <laughs> channel with all these little clips <laughs> on here. If you can't digest this entire episode in one go, you can check out the Clips Channel, and they just little little bites if you're on a bit of a diet. So, ladies and gentlemen, peace in the Middle East. Me dick stinks. Yeah. motherfucker. And uh, I'll see you all very soon. Anything else, John?
0: Uh, I'm planning on growing a beard for my penis. <laughs>